Welcome to Cold Pizza. My name is Jeff. I'm a pastor here at Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio. This is our weekly podcast where we take the opportunity to squeeze out every last bit we can from the proclamation of God's Word on Sunday morning. It's our chance to sit down with the preacher and tackle any further questions, application, or other bits of leftover crust to chew on that didn't quite make it into the main meal. So grab a slice and join us this week with Pastor Russ. That's me. That's Pastor Russ. What's you, up, guys? How are you doing, Pastor Russ? I'm good. I slept a lot yesterday. That's good. Yeah, we're uh, we're fresh off our elders, our yearly elders uh, working retreat, where uh, we're supposed to be renewed and restored, which we are. Yes. But also very tired because certain certain senses. <laughs> lots of late night conversations, <laughs> that, uh, and then getting up early. So yeah. A little 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 sleepy, a little tired. Plus, it's a busy time of year for us here as we have. A Good Friday service coming up and Easter Sunday coming up. So mission team here. Yeah, we also if you have if you hear um, drills and jackhammers in the background, we are blessed to have uh, the Cadwell mission team with us here, uh, from the south to the to the great cold north. They're all freezing to death. Well, they brought the heat with them. It comes. That's true. We did tonight. get a little sun today, so we're super thankful for that. So lots happening here at Christ the Lord. We're really uh, thankful for what God's doing in our midst. Uh, so yesterday, as we're continuing to plug our way through Hebrews, Pastor Russ, you had Hebrews seven twenty through twenty five. How'd you feel about it? Uh, as good as I can. <laughs> <laughs> it, as I said, it is more of that like it's complicated, but it's not. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, it's just. We, I mean, you guys have heard some of the behind the scenes from us now already, but. Weeks that are are weird just make it weird. We're we're definitely people of rhythm, especially when it comes to our study. Yeah. And so I started actually prepping two weeks ago because um, I knew we'd be on elder retreat. But still, I, I mean, you're trying to have an hour long presentation. Yeah. Front of mind that while it's not a performance, it carries a lot of those kinds of um, preparation pieces. Mm-hmm. You know that would come with uh, someone in like in the theater. And so it's got to be front of mind, and that's just hard when I'm not doing anything related to that, you know, Wednesday through Saturday right. night. <laughs> it's very much, preaching is very much a mind, body, soul, it all is. those things engaged, which, you know, I think you want to bring all these things to bear, the preaching of God's word. And, um, yeah, so I'm I'm thankful that you are uh, willing to uh, step up the <laughs> bat so we could all... <laughs> Check out on the preaching part on the elders retreat, which your mind had to stay engaged. (laughs) (laughs) You have a a special knack for that. I'm a little used to it at this point. I don't know if it's just the reps or. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you you, you have this gifting to be able to kind of like uh, read a text, understand that text, and then just kind of process it in your brain. Yeah. Over time. That's what I do. In my brain, when I prep anything, um, sermon related, it's like a thousand sticky notes. <laughs> like I know what it's saying, and then like trying to put all those sticky notes together. Mm-hmm. Like my sermon prep looks like, you know, Sherlock Holmes with the big wall. I used to actually prep that way. I'd put, I'd have them all on the table, not yeah. a thousand, but you know, a good twenty four. So. Yeah, and then I got to get that into some notes. We appreciate that though about you. <laughs> <laughs> so here's your main points. Uh, you had three main points, like a good Baptist. Uh, trust your surety, trust he remains, trust he intercedes. Those three. What? Uh, let me ask you this before we uh, get into any more application or more questions. What 
one of those uh, main points has been the most helpful to you in uh, the preparing for this sermon in your own sanctification? Um, so I picked those three because it's kind of uh, what is he, where is he, and what's he doing? Yeah. Um, that was kind of the the. I mean, I follow, follow the outline of the text. Um, mm-hmm. I, I always do that first. I just break it up into all of its component pieces. Sometimes I reorganize a, a small part like I did this week at the end. Um, but that's kind of the, the, the question is, what is he, where is he, what's he doing? And so yeah. for me, I spent actually most of my time, um, even though it's a really small section on my uh, – on my, on my outline personally, on the oath. Like, what is so significant about this oath? Mm. More than just, like, he's not from Levi. Like, yeah. it, it, that matters, and that, that otherwise he wouldn't be what he is. So it's definitely a big piece of it, but there's a lot more to this oath. It, it mm. could have been probably done a different way. Um, some kind of other institution. He didn't have to write an oath to do a lot of other things. So what is that? So I spent a lot of time on that which then took me straight into the surety aspect. Um, and so for me, if this oath matters, that's what actually makes the guarantor. This hmm. this oath, because of this oath, makes Jesus the guarantor. Yeah. I was like, oh, why, why? So that helped me understand how important that oath is specifically to this picture of surety. So surety, the first point was, I think, what I spent most of my time on, um, even into the application. Uh, that was a big one for me this week. That's good. And he's already mentioned, we've already heard about oaths in chapter six, mm-hmm. the end of chapter six. I was able to preach that passage. And so this, uh, this God who cannot lie, right? So his word is action. His word is proclamation. And, and the th- when God speaks, things happen. They obey. Which would be really nice to have that. Will you take out the trash? Yes. And it's done. <laughs> yes, it's Ma'am. done. Exactly. Yeah. He goes uh, beyond in an effort to um, condescend to us, as it were, mm-hmm. to assure us of how um, secure we actually are. Yeah. Which, and if I want to encourage our folks to you know, go back if you can and listen to, to previous sermons, go back and read through the whole book because you're going to see all these little pieces that are coming together. He keeps doing it. Because when I, you know, that we are secure, I, I preached a sermon not too long ago about we are in the grip of God and mm-hmm. all these things so beautifully fitting together. As we walk through Hebrews, that's cool, man. Yeah, uh, mostly just listen to mine and Jeff's. Yeah, pretty much just listen to me and Russ, and you'll be able to understand most things. <laughs> Matt's okay, but you know that guy. <laughs> send your emails to well to Jeff still. Yeah, you can still send your emails to me. That's fine. Actually, I'm just gonna set something right though for the record. It's 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 Jeff at ctldayton.com. Yeah, we've been intentionally doing all verbs. You know, man. I'm going to give you the real one. So right. I'll, I'll take all the smoke. It's out there. We didn't want to bring it. <laughs> I might answer you a new email who dis, but, um, there you go. But yeah, and so I, will, you- I will confess for having deceived you before. <laughs> I apologize. Oh, that's fine. I think I actually said my, the wrong email the first time and I realized I said it wrong. And I was like, yeah, I'll just leave that. It's okay. But now that now <laughs> everybody's been saying, just email Jeff, email Jeff. And I was like, well, there's probably people emailing me and it's saying, <laughs> saying that I'm a coward. <laughs> <laughs> so just getting a bounce there you go you got my email so um yeah email at your own risk let's That's just true. say that all right so one thing that you uh, emphasized and you tied to one of matt's previous sermons was 
the idea here in this passage is the drawing near. Mm-hmm. Drawing near to God is really the big point uh, yeah. that he's going for here. I think is is very easy um, in this entire book to lose the force for the trees. You've heard us use that a mm. lot. Um, and to miss inside of all the descriptive language, all of the Old Testament language, all the quotes, all of this stuff, the admittedly very few verbs, right, yeah. of what is he actually then commanding or telling us to do with it. Mm. Now, there's a sense, as I think should be in most people's communication, that you can infer the verb, what you're supposed to do, simply by an apprehension of what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. The fact that the thing that he is communicating it has value, and so therefore it drives you to do something. That should be the case. Now, it's, it's not just that, though. He's, he gives you all of this stuff and then tells you what to do mm. or, or what we should be being about. Yeah. So it's one thing for him to talk about an oath and then to talk about how he won't change his mind and how he's a priest forever and how they're a former priest. There are a lot of them, and they died, and so now... They can't do their job, and now he can, and so he does his job, and he continues forever. Right. You just see all these pieces, right? Well, then, you, so you, at the end, you're like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know how to already do something with those, which maybe you don't. There's a lot of people that don't. That's okay. You shouldn't stay there your whole life. You should understand what those are implying that you should do. But then he lands on, consequently. So because of all of this, he's able to save to the uttermost those who... What draw near to him? Yeah, the, the, you should be drawing near to God, mm. like that. At the end of the day, when you read a passage like this, and you say, "What should I do because of this?" Yeah. Well, I should believe what God said, and I should draw near to Him. Mm. That's it. Yeah, like it, it, that's what you should be being about. And so, if you're not drawing near to God through Him, Jesus, the, the natural question that I would do in counseling is, "Well, what are you doing?" <laughs> right. You're right. So very practically, so you just said we draw near to God through Christ, and the author has already mentioned these things. Mm -hmm. He's already told us that the reason that we can enter the throne room of God is not simply because our our sins have been forgiven, but we now, who are in Christ, have the righteousness of Christ. Yes. That's why we're able to dwell there. Mm -hmm. And there's these pictures of the Old Testament... Um, sacrificial system. There's these pictures of the veil that separates the very presence of God, which the glory of God will will obliterate us. Mm-hmm. And so now in confidence we can draw near because of the righteousness of Christ. So we get that. That's how it's supposed to happen through Christ. But when you say our job here and what he's pushing us towards is drawing near to God, what does that bare bones practical look like for us in Dayton, Ohio? How, how am I supposed to, when I wake up in the morning, draw near to God because I could go out and talk to lots of people and they would probably give me several different answers to what that's supposed to look like. Sure. Yeah. Uh, first thing that I would say is recognize that you don't even have to go to the temple anymore because mm. for the initial Jew, if he's going to answer that question, he's going to go, well, I must go to the tabernacle. Yeah. I have to go to the temple uh, to be near the presence of God. Right. Uh, he now is in you. Right, mm-hmm. this down payment, this foreshadowing that we have of that future day when we are actually in God's home. Yeah, He sees fit to make us our His home right now. Mm. So recognize that you you don't even have to go to the temple. You don't have to go to church in that sense to be near the presence of God to draw near. You recognize that He's with you. Mm. That's why remains matters later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Even though we're talking about a different piece of the of the Trinity. 
And so I would say realize that he's with you now and then that in everything that you are doing today, it's supposed to be through the Holy of Holies. Mm. I mean, that uh, th- that sounds esoteric, but it's not. If we're talking about that our life is designed to glorify God, but you have to do a lot of the things that you have to do. That's part of living life. But the yeah. difference between you and the guy next to you at work or in the different desk at, at school or the other mom in the checkout line is that you're doing what you're doing for the glory of God. Yeah. Everything that you picked off the shelf should be about fueling your family to the glory of God. Yeah. Everything that you write on your essay or the way that you answer tests or don't cheat or do your work on time is because you're doing it for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Every t- every you know deal you close, line you type, thought that you offer, you know whatever it might be, encouragement that you give to someone who looks like they're having a tough day yeah. at the office. Every Facebook, yeah, post, every tweet, <laughs> every Instagram picture are supposed to set you apart as a God-glorifying person. This is you drawing near to the one who has saved you. Yeah, that's good. And whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do it to God's glory. Or Deuteronomy 6, Mm -hmm. walking by the way, rising up. These things are on your mind and on your heart. I think people need to do the thought experiment. Um, Hopefully not to whet an appetite for evil, but (laughs) to say, what would I be doing now if I weren't a Christian? Mm. And really understand the distance that should have been made from your conversion to today. So, I mean, I know we talked in pre-show about uh, where you're going on Sunday. Yeah. About kind of what to do. Hopefully, I'm not spoiling anything. What to do? (laughs) What to do with the time of your predestined from Christ up to your Damascus Road experience? What do you do with that in between? Well, I'm saying right now, what do you? (laughs) What's the distance that you've put between Damascus Road and today? Yeah. And recognize how different you are. Paul quit killing Christians. You know, that, yeah. that's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Paul quits killing Christians, and all of a sudden now he is um, the chief spokesman for the church. Yes, right. And, yeah, and a massive authority. And the gospel is so transforming in the Christians' lives that now he is coming in with authority, mm-hmm. preaching the gospel and and organizing the church, calling out sin, calling people to walk in love and good works, and he's quite literally talking to people that he has had direct encounters with as a persecutor. Yeah. Right. He's talking to moms whose kids he maybe killed or husbands. hundred percent. And so Uh, did Paul draw near to God? Yeah, he did. (laughs) What would he be doing if he didn't? Right. It's good. And and it's not complacency or to make you maybe wish that you could go back to a life of evil. That's not what we're trying to do, but like what has God done? Yeah. What sets me apart in this? Yeah. And that, Again, not to get too far into next week, but that the grace of God in Paul's life, and he mentions this in the beginning of First um, Corinthians fifteen, is is powerful and effective mm-hmm. for actual change and actual changing the the bad works and the evil that he was about to actually good works of righteousness. It actually is doing something real and tangible in our lives. Yep, because the flip side for the Christian is not necessarily that you go back to a life of evil. Yeah. That would be apostasy. We're talking about a Christian, someone who actually is a believer. For them, they're going to probably go back to the law, right? They're going to mm-hmm. go back to the outer courts, and it's going to be about what they did, and they're hoping that it all somehow works out in the Holy of Holies. Yeah. We saw the priest go in there, hoping that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. But I can't be in there anymore. But the reality is that that dividing wall has been torn down. We can go in there with confidence Yeah. to draw near. Yeah, that's good. So you're, you're going to be doing things for your own glory so that, you hope it works out on the Holy of Holies or so that maybe one day you can go in there by your own merit when the people who were washed by blood are going in there by the merit of the one who yeah. opened it for them. Yeah, that's good. That's good.
So, so there's this, um, there's this idea sometimes that we fall into that, okay, I know I'm saved by grace through faith in Christ. I know that it's not of my own doing Ephesians two. It's uh it's, it's a gift of God. I can't boast in this, but I think sometimes we have fallen to this idea that, okay, Jesus has saved me. Grace has brought me to God, but now it's up to me to maintain and continue on mm-hmm. like I was saved by grace cool but now maintained this by my flesh yeah and, and paul refutes that um and some of what we'll talk about next week and so this gets me to your second point that okay we trust the work that jesus has done um in his death burial and resurrection but sometimes we fail to understand and really believe that he remains mm-hmm. and trust that he remains so we think okay grace cool got me saved now it's now it's up to me yeah to to persevere and i think that there could be some confusion i've had some conversations um with some folks like i'm really working hard to make sure i understand what hebrews is saying because there's all this strive language there's all this run hard work hard if you don't work hard if you don't hold fast you're gonna fail you're gonna fall you're gonna lose it and we say 100 percent yes Mm-hmm. That is what he's saying. So they're like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so where does this connect? And I think sometimes we we look to the past for surety in a moment or a time or an experience for my salvation. And I think we've done a good job on on past sermons and past cold pizzas of saying that's not something you should look for. You got to look for, as you said just a little bit ago, the sanctifying work that has taken place in your past. Look at the wake yep. uh, of of the of God's grace in your life mm-hmm. and see what's taken place and where you've been. Um, but also, I think then in the day to day, sometimes we walk in unbelief and trust that He remains steadfast forever, mm-hmm. and that there is grace for me today, and there is grace for me tomorrow as well. Um, I. Th- I think that's a massive struggle that um, we find ourselves in sometimes. So what are, what are some false markers that we might look to today? So as in, let me back up and say, like we talked about before, sometimes, am I really a Christian? So we look back to a false marker maybe um, of a date and a time when I quote unquote got saved. Yeah. You know, I, I know cause I knew where I was and, there's this old Johnny Cash on I was there when it happened. Mm-hmm. So I guess I ought to know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was there when it happened, which if that's, if you know where you were when it happened, cool. Awesome. That can be an assurance. But the assurance is, is the, uh, death to life, you know, uh, works of death now works of life and righteousness. Um, so that's a false marker, but I also think instead of trusting that he remains to secure me and to by grace bring me home sometimes we look to false markers to identify that i'm i'm really a christian and or i'm actually doing what i should mm-hmm. right so what are some false markers do you think that we look to like uh false markers are part of why i, I led this section with jesus alone the mm-hmm. the singularity of the only way to heaven aspect yeah not just because of this whole abrahamic family house thing sure um, but because the reality is anytime we're looking anywhere else other than Jesus, then we're, that's a false marker. Mm. And, and if you look at the biblical language, uh, in Jesus's picture of parables and stuff, uh, you take the broad road and the narrow road. What's the question about that? Where it ends? Mm. 
we don't talk about where the fork in the road is for you, right? right. It doesn't matter when you got off the broad road necessarily. Mm -hmm. What matters is where you end. And so for all of the language of trying to figure out, did I really mean it? Do I really mean it today? Am I really on? Like, man, where are you heading? Like, that's yeah. that's the question of Pilgrim's Progress. Are, are you heading to this celestial city or have you turned around right. and you're heading back to the city of destruction? Hmm. And the the one who is on that narrow road is not concerned about when the fork was. It's when he gets there. Mm-hmm. And he's pushing on for that. And so, yeah, man, the the question of am I that today is the question of is Jesus still in the throne room today? Yeah. And that has to be where we're at because I, I it is really interesting how easy it is for us to grasp the past things being forgiven, whereas, you know, the the Hebrews are looking, the Jews are looking forward mm. so intensely. Yeah. On not sin that they haven't committed yet, they know there's going to have to sacrifice for that, mm-hmm. but they're hoping ultimately in that Messiah. Yeah, and they have to look so hard forward, and we're like, yeah, he did it, right? But I got it now, <laughs> and I have no idea where that comes from. Mm. Um, what I kind of grew up in was not necessarily earning any more salvation, but the, it was kind of like, all right, you're saved, you're good. Everything's okay. Mm-hmm. So what do I do with my life now? <laughs> right. Just go be better. Right. <laughs> go be better and and bring glory to God by being better. Right. And so it wasn't so much a – it was definitely by my own power type of feel. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't so much an earning salvation thing because I had my ticket. <laughs> yeah. But grace doesn't replace work. Mm-hmm. It just empowers totally the right empowers kind of work. 100%. Yeah. yeah that, that, is, that is what is pushing us through. And so – the life that is drawing near to God does so by the grace of God that brought them into relationship with God so that mm. they can glorify God. Yeah. It is yeah, entirely outside of us, even though we're incredibly active in it. Yeah. Well, anytime Paul, in particular, Paul mentions working out your salvation with fear and trembling, or I worked harder than any of them, th- that kind of language, or um, I press on to the upper call of Christ Jesus. He always follows that up by, for it is God who is working in you, mm-hmm. right? It, it was the grace of God at work within me. You're the only reason it. I want to do this thing is because of the grace of God. Galatians 2.10, you're walking on all these things that God prepared for you in advance to walk. Yeah, before the foundations of the world. Yeah, it wasn't my great idea. He had planned this for me. Right, yeah. So the, so the effort and the desire, um, the labor that's first Corinthians 15 language, the labor that you're pushing into that is an evidence of, of grace within you. Mm -hmm. But if it's done in your own power and, uh, in, in a legalistic sense, it will peter out. Yep. It will falter. There's no staying power to it. Yeah. It also, it also doesn't see the grace of God seeping into the very, um, mundane things of life. Yeah, it, yeah, it get, you lose that a lot. Yeah, the, and the legalistic type works without Christ's righteousness. Um, it becomes very um, high, big events. You know, I got to mm-hmm. make my church thing. I got to get my Bible reading in, and I got to go do X, Y, Z. And they're the big things, but you don't see how it trickles down to the like we say here, the washing of that pot. Well, and so, again, drawing near to God, recognizing the presence of God with you right now. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll talk in a minute about him interceding for you. Right. But 
despite the fact that that's happening, the presence of God is with you right now. Yeah. And, and you and I's conversation, mm -hmm. the way that we're thinking about what we're talking about, the way that the mission team's serving right now, yeah. taking a water break, you know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the presence of God is with you right now. If you've drawn near to him, that's the reality of what's happening as you change a diaper, wash a pot, make a stew, mm -hmm. clean out the gutters. Like these are, this is what a Christian is. Yeah. yeah. To be a little Christ. Yeah. And every, in everything that we do, you know, the reformers, what really was revolutionary in so many ways, there was lots of revolutionary things, but one in particular was all of a sudden farmers started realizing that they were also priests. Mm -hmm. so there wasn't just a vocational thing. So if I'm in Christ and I'm a farmer, I am a, a little little priest offering sacrifices of praise to a holy God by the blistering of my hands and good honest work mm -hmm. to, to supply food for my family yep. and to lead in that way. And that was revolutionary for them because mm -hmm. for the Christian, all work is sacred work. Yes. And there is nothing that is unimportant. Because of the grace of God in you. Yeah. And because of the presence of the Holy Spirit in you. Yeah. Amen. And because Amen. of who it's to. Yeah. Yeah, so, but I think that that's, that's part of why that whole aspect of him being of an entire different uh, order is mm -hmm. so important here. Because if it is just one after another, if it is the old work that isn't actually accomplishing what it's supposed to, it just yeah. covers it, Yeah. then uh, there's no hope for me today. What am I right. placing my hope in? Right. Something that's not sufficient. Yeah. It's not done. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a, Jesus uh, didn't come and put a Band-Aid on the situation. Yeah, and, and you could, by all means, go ahead and die for your sins. Mm -hmm. It's not sufficient. Yeah. Uh, we need a priest who can offer the sacrifice and be the sacrifice. Mm. And we can't be that. Yeah. Amen, bro. So the, the idea of Jesus interceding for us, which was your last point, um, which I really enjoyed that piece uh, of all in your sermon yesterday. This idea of Jesus interceding for me, I think sometimes people are comforted by it. The idea of Jesus is, is uh, they're ever making intercession for me. Um, and you did a good job of unpacking some of this, but I'd like to go a little deeper perhaps. Some people might say like, what does that actually really mean for me though in the day to day? Like, I, I like this idea of Jesus interceding for me. Does that just mean he like prays for me? Does that mean he's whispering in the father's ear saying, hey, don't slap them, you know, silly because they're covered in my blood. How does that Jesus intercedes for me actually help me in those everyday mundane things of life and also when i'm facing tremendous trial and tribulation temptation how does this interceding savior how does that help me and how do i trust in that <laughs> yeah that's a lot it is a lot <laughs> <laughs> um i take you to the passage first i think it's verse 25 totally um so consequently because of the oath because of all the stuff that i listed off in this point he is able to save, right? Mm -hmm. That's what he's doing. Who? Those who draw near to God through him. Why? Since he always lives to make intercession. And so the saving is tied to the alive, aliving, yeah. being alive, remaining, and interceding. Okay. And that, I think, is, is the biggest thing, is not to look at saving and interceding as different things. Uh, it's like awesome. He saved me from sin. Now he just prays for me. Mm -hmm. It's the way that you yeah. are often tempted to look at this. That's, that's not what's happening. The interceding is the saving. Mm. 
That's that's what Moses was doing in the breach for the Israelites. Mm-hmm. He's interceding so that God doesn't smite them, smote right. them, smote them, smoke them, smoted them, smited them. <laughs> that, that's that's what's happening. And so if yeah, if if saving, and now nice Christian angel wing halo Jesus mm-hmm. is just praying for me and wants good things for me, thoughts and prayers, good vibes. Yeah, that then that's no help. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. But it doesn't help me. The interceding is the saving. That's the sense. The sense is an important word. Sure. That's helpful because <laughs> you, you remember those, uh, I'm not on the Facebook anymore, um, but it, do they still have the things on Facebook where uh, you have like a picture of the halo Jesus with the wings and it says, share this and like this so many times and you'll receive a blessing? Do they still yep. have those things? Always. Oh, those things are still so delightful funny. for people on Facebook. <laughs> right. I think sometimes people have that mentality and you might, you know, several of our folks might be like, that's ridiculous. I don't have that idea, but we do have like this. Okay. Is he just hovering up there? Like protecting me from getting in a car crash or like kind of like the guarding angel thing. And so I think that, (laughs) I think that, um, definition there is helpful. Yeah. That's just, that's just the passage. I mean, He's doing two things in heaven right now. He's preparing a place for you. He's literally preparing a a room for you and his father's home. Yeah. And he's making intercession before mm. the throne. Yeah. Right. So as we talked about um, yesterday, the day by dayness of it, I think, it matters. This ongoing salvific work, this mm. covering of the blood past and covering of the blood future, mm-hmm. uh, is huge in that. Right. And actually, then applying that blood to your life today—that's what it looks like to have grace poured out on you specifically. So we talked about how it's better than the angels. That's much more of the guardian angel sure. thing, right? That's this chapter one, and then here we see it just in Jewish history. Hmm. But the type of prayer that you see Jesus do, like in what, John uh, 17, the high priestly prayer? Mm-hmm. 17 or 15? 17. The high priestly prayer, like those types of prayers, of that's just different than thoughts and prayers, right? That, that's right. That is Jesus standing before the Father and saying, "Let this be true of my people. Yeah. Let this not be true." Hmm. That's that's huge. Yeah. That's application of grace. That's application of blood on your life today. So if if I just have a God who has good thoughts and feelings and wants me to be enlightened, or to go on the fivefold path, or to you know really, whatever, that's hmm. no. That's, that is no help. It's not only that it's false, it is no help. <laughs> right? Right. right. Yeah, th- that's not what we need. If it's just a teacher, like an, an a Muhammad, or even Jesus alone on earth, right? Mm. A good rabbi. Yeah. That's, that's where the Jews are stuck, right? Yeah. He's much more than those things. Yeah. This is actual effectual grace being poured out on you in the throne room of God. Yeah. That's what we're going to see all happens when that lamb, as though he was slain, staggers in. Mm. as it were, right, to yeah. the throne room in Revelation and is actually able to open the the seal. Yeah. That should matter to you. Like, that should drive you to worship, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's those types of things that I think are going to help you in all those. Try to I tried to list a bunch of mundane common moments, right, mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. But, man, that's what happens, you know, when, when you're driving. And uh, my jiu-jitsu coach was in – Maryland this past week in D.C. for a school trip, I think, with his son. 
But he's like, I have found a state I never want to live in, <laughs> Maryland. Uh, and he just, he, the drivers and stuff, he's like, I haven't had road rage since I got married. Like, it right. helped finally put it to death for me. He goes, and then I went to Maryland. <laughs> throwing <laughs> sandwiches out the window and stuff. <laughs> Your coach waits for the stoplight and gets out and yeah, jujitsu's them in the middle of the intersection. <laughs> We're naked choke on a stoplight, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like, it's those mundane moments where you're like, Man, I did a lot worse, and I'm capable of a lot worse right now. Yeah. If it weren't for the active grace of Jesus in my life right now, you can you can know I would mm. cho- I would choke a dude. Yeah, <laughs> it makes me think. Uh, I can't remember um, what chapter it is, but it's in Luke where Jesus is talking to Peter after he proclaims very you know boldly that he will not forsake yeah. Jesus, and Jesus says, Peter, Simon, Satan desires to sift you like wheat to have you. Mm-hmm. And he says, but I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. Yeah. And Peter, you know, big dummy, oh, nice. I still won't mm-hmm. deny you, right? And of yep. course, the rooster crows three times, and he goes out and he weeps bitterly. Mm-hmm. But which is interesting, uh, uh, I was commentary by Pink about entering the throne room of grace, and he references Peter, and he says, it's the grace of God and an evidence of the work of the spirit within us that causes us to weep bitterly mm-hmm. over our betrayal, over our sin. Yeah. And, but there's that picture of Jesus says, Satan desires to sift you like wheat. I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And then you see, we get to see that play out mm-hmm. as he denies Christ, as he runs away, as he's cowardice. And then as he's like hopeful at the tomb and he's, he's wanting to like, you can imagine the first time he sees Jesus. Right, and then you have this beautiful picture at the end the of John, where he gives him three opportunities to yep. say that he loves him. Yep. Right, that's that's what we're talking about. Yes, yeah, interceding Christ. I thought it was. Uh, I thought the liturgy yesterday also was really, really uh, in line with the passage. It was. It was great. Yeah. Good job, Greg. Yeah. Good job, Greg. We appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will trust my Savior Jesus. Right. Yeah, it's what it comes down to. We trust His word. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot in the Christian life that is esoteric and exciting and fun and you can dive into. But, man, the the nature of the Christian walk is drawing near to God and trusting what he said. Yeah. Yeah. That's what makes you different. Yeah. we that, saying, That's what reverses what happened in the garden. Right. Yeah. And we, so, sing, we sing Jesus is better. And every time I sing that, I think about my false securities. Mm-hmm. You know, the offering of bulls and goats that I throw before God saying, hey, you know, this will this will suffice. This will suffice. This will suffice. And the blood of bulls and goats can never take away sins. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is better. And that's that's really honestly one. Make practical, my heart believe. Make my heart. Yes. <laughs> Jesus is better. Make my heart believe. And that's right there what I have to do when I when I try to take some bull or goat's blood of my own doing that gives me some false security, whether it's my own works of self-justification, whatever it may be. When you're, really, it's not a bull. You're just a prophet of Baal. Exactly. You're yeah. yourself. Yeah, exactly. I, I throw it up there. Uh, I have to tell myself, Jesus is better. Make my heart believe. Mm-hmm. Like This is, this is useless. Um, I was reading Psalm 51 a couple of days ago, and at the end he says, um, you will not delight in sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Right? The The... The sacrifices of God are a broken and contrite heart. You're not going to despise those things. In the fixing of those things, then offerings will yeah. be accepted mm-hmm. right after that. So yeah. David understands that it's better to obey than to sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, 
while there's big things of Christian theology, there's also just the very everyday regular temptations that our people face. Mm. It's not embezzling, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars from your company. Right. It's it's are you going to lie to your friends or to your family? Mm-hmm. It's are you going to look at pornography? Mm-hmm. It's are you going to take responsibility for your kid right now, today? Yeah. Uh, well, tomorrow has its own worries, right? Yeah. Today. Are you going to do that now? Are you going to, you know, get upset at the person who cut you off in traffic because how dare they right. interfere with you, the king of the road, right? Right. Or, or, I mean, we just had someone in our church today witness a, a car flip on 75 and then they got sideswiped on the back uh, as somebody came up on them too quick. So like in those moments, like all, all of the fears that you have, and there's obviously natural and appropriate fears sure, <laughs> and giant machines of death, but uh, <laughs> the, the wrong kinds of fears, like as those come up as anxiety over how things are going to be handled over what could have been mm-hmm. and all of these things that we worry about, can you say Jesus is better? Mm. Can you recognize his provision, his provision and protection in those moments? Yeah. He was fatherly to you and kind, and that what happened was is good. Mm. You know, those those are really challenging things, but it is simple as will you trust? Yeah, Jesus is better. Yeah, I started praying a long time ago. Um, at the end of the day, kind of an evening prayer. Um, Thank you, Lord, for all of the grace that sustained me today. And I would, if I could, name as many of those things that were evident, and then also would add. And thank you for all the things that I was not aware of. <laughs> Your grace was sustaining me. The, yep. the, the literally millions of things today, mm-hmm. whether it be my my physical safety or my spiritual safety, whatever that was. Thank you for the grace that sustains me that I didn't even notice and didn't realize. And I think yep. one day I, we will. Oh yeah, you know, in a, in a crazy way. In a crazy way, we'll see it all. I think of that in driving because uh, when I was in high school, uh, someone cut me off and got through the light that I was really trying to get through. And I end up having to stop for the light, and I was annoyed, and now I'm going to be late, and all this stuff. And then I drive up on the next light, and you wreck. Mm. And I could have been up in there. It could have been me, yeah. whatever. And uh, am I glad that I got through that light or didn't get through that light? Right. <laughs> you know? Sure. But it's those things that we just don't know. And so, yeah. Yeah. That, that That's where I'm boiling down to. It is a good thing that he's there because this is how we get there. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Amen. Is there anything uh, that you had to leave on the cutting room floor? Oh, so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lot written on these passages um, in our commentaries and the preachers that we all like. Oh, man, yeah. There's a lot on these when there wasn't as much like in Joshua <laughs> yeah. and other stuff. True. Um, so for me, I really wanted to dive into the oath-ness. We haven't talked m- much about that beyond your sermon. Yeah. Um, but even in there, you couldn't give that as much time as no, you want. No, I couldn't. The surety is kind of one of the last big touch points um, before we drive into covenant. Mm-hmm. I was really trying to stay off covenant because that's coming up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the uttermost and the consequently, like what's this oath do? What is what is this all for? Yeah. So, yeah, I I would have liked to spend a little bit more time um, driving into that Old Testament picture. That's why I brought up the uh, the outer courts today. Yeah. Um, just thinking about like you could spend a good 15 minutes in a sermon just walking through the process of how did that sacrifice go down Mm -hmm. and then where the scriptures cut off imagine all right it's just done now i go about my day what does that look like and and what do i have to do again tonight Mm. (laughs) what has to happen again on the next day of atonement 
and how much your life is revolving around the sacrifice that for you he remains yeah right so there's a lot of different ways you can go i think you should in your personal study as you look to worship and try to understand their perspective understand the muslims perspective the Mm -hmm. jews perspective yeah the Roman Catholics perspective when we yeah. think about this Abrahamic family faith nonsense. Yeah. Like where are they stuck? What are they looking for? Yeah. And are you actually different? Yeah. Yeah. I, my neighbors are Jewish and in particular this time of year, I always, my heart's always extra heavy and I look for ep- extra opportunities to share the gospel with them. Yeah. Um, which y'all can pray for us in that, uh, their son has been attending our home group. Mm. Um, he, he stays around until like the kids lesson and then he always goes to leave and I'm like, Hey man, you can stay if you want. And he's like, well, I appreciate that, but I'm Jewish. And I was like, just, <laughs> just, just stay and I'll blow your mind. <laughs> right? Funny. We're talking about Hebrews. Right. Exactly. Um, but you know, uh, but talking to them and them talking about, uh, the day of atonement and, um, hmm. and the, the realization when I, when I really sit down and think through that and in, in my interactions with them, that they're still waiting for the Messiah. Yep. Still waiting for the Messiah and, and longing for that day. And yet for me, he remains and how he can remain for them as well. Um, and I, I feel a little bit of that, like, I, I mean, I'm not Jewish, but I feel that from Paul, L- like for, like for them, I would almost be willing, like Paul said to give up my salvation. <laughs> yeah. Like not really, but yeah, but, just the extra burden on my heart for um, them as a as a the Jewish people to uh, to be longing and looking forward in hope. Well, so the remnant at least had the four hundred intertestamental period of silence, right? Yeah, right. From Malachi to to Advent, and yeah. like this is five times longer than that. Yeah. Like, where is he? <laughs> yeah, where is he? Where, yeah, and and things seem to be getting crazier. And yeah, there's not much hope there. So y'all can pray for them. And I would add, you know, during this time of year, it's a perfect opportunity to uh, press in even harder uh, to the opportunities that God has given you to evangelize and to share the gospel with people. You know, this time of year, most people, they think about church a little bit more, you know, you can, and you can take Easter parties and bunnies and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and point it towards the gospel if, uh, if you are wise as a serpent, yep. harmless as a dove. So take those opportunities to Speak do that. Speak with authority. Speak with authority. Like it's not true. just the hey, this is this is you know kind of what I believe, but like this actually happened, mm-hmm. and uh, this is the hope that is within me. Yeah, I, one way I kind of do that is I say, well, for the Christian, yeah, <laughs> this is what is true. Yeah, this is what is true. This is what I. This is what I see. Yeah, this is what is. Yeah, amen. Great opportunities to share that especially this time of year. Invite people to our Good Friday service this coming Friday, 6.30. Also, um, make sure that you invite people to Easter Sunday mm-hmm. as we look forward to uh, why we really don't have to fear death because yep. Jesus beat it, and I don't think we understand the the vastness of that. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to talk about that. Amen. Last thing I want to ask you, uh, one more just simple application question. Um, when we gather in our home groups this week, this Tuesday and this Wednesday, um, and as people gather in their DNA groups, what is one or two ways that they need to be kind of fleshing out what you uh, brought to us in the text this past Sunday? What's just some practical things mm-hmm. that they can work out? I think I would say, because it's going to be different for most 
people. Sure. Um, on the three main points, if you, whichever one you're struggling to trust, that's why they all start with trust mm. him as surety, what he is, remaining where he is, interceding, what he's doing. Whichever one you're struggling to trust the most, you really need to lean into that this week um, and, and dive into those specific applications. Because mm. if you don't believe what he is, then it means that you think you're it. That's the problem, is that you become the surety, because there is no surety other option without the Levitical priesthood, and that's gone. Yeah. Right? So if he's not, then you think you are. Remaining where he is, is he still dead, or is he resurrected and alive? Mm. Uh, because if he's still dead, then, well, there is no hope, as you're going to say on right. Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so it's not even that it's you, there's literally no hope. And that's why you feel hopeless yeah. <laughs> surprise uh what he's doing interceding i think this is probably where most people are at it's actually understanding how he stands before god for you and the yeah. best application for that is to say how much do you go to god how much do you draw near hmm. and look at your look at your life look at your week how are you drawing near to the lord if, if deuteronomy 6 is all about doing life on the way mm-hmm. then where are you at yeah yeah, that's good. And I would add, in your home groups in particular, as you're walking through some of the reflection questions and so on, when you begin to pick up on your brothers and sisters in Christ, your covenant family, struggling to believe these truths, like tr- they're not trusting their surety, they're not trusting that he remains, they're not trusting that he intercedes, in love and grace, call that out. Mm-hmm. And also then, uh, don't just call it out, but point them to the truth. Mm-hmm. of the scripture and start digging for where they're not believing um, and replace that lie with the truth. I encourage you guys to do that. Well, Russ, I appreciate you sitting down with me. My pleasure. Appreciate you letting me host. Pleasure is all I guess mine. we'll be back here again by God's uh, grace next week. Should he will it. And, but in opposite uh, seats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, have, you, uh, have you gotten the um, Easter candy yet? I'm trying to stop eating candy right now. Well, yeah. I have found an excuse to have sugar every week. So Bryn loves, loves, loves the, um, she loves Reese's and she loves the Reese's eggs. Yeah, same. But fortunately, we can boycott them right now because they don't know gender. This is true. If you boycott them, but buy my wife a bunch. <laughs> Sacrifice it for her. <laughs> it's her birthday this week. Oh, that's rough. Right. I can't have Kit Kats. Right you, know what the, you know what the best thing is? Uh, around Easter time is the chocolate bunnies. Oh yeah. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna lay some wisdom on you. You get the chocolate bunnies that are hollow inside. Okay. Mm-hmm. The ones with the tall ears. You bite the tops of the ears off and you fill the chocolate bunny with chocolate milk. Oh. And then you glorify God in eating that chocolate bunny. Sounds very messy. <laughs> Not if you do it right. <laughs> Sounds very messy. My parents used to go get uh us the uh cream-filled eggs from uh, Winans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I enjoy some some chocolate-covered, dark chocolate-covered coffee beans. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's some good stuff. Well, uh, show some kindness and love to Pastor Russ and Pastor Jeff. Get us some candy from people who aren't con- confused on gender. For people who don't hate you. <laughs> For people who don't hate you. Give us that. Uh, or if you're, if you're boycotting these, these uh, companies and you already have the chocolate... Mm-hmm. I'll eat it. That's true. The damage is already yeah, done. Yeah, the damage is already done, and I'll eat it. So so you don't have to. I'll eat that meat offered to idols. 
so you don't have to. <laughs> More raisin cakes. Exactly. Oh, man. All right. Well, we want to, as always, uh, encourage you to continue to, to dive into Hebrews. Get yourself a good commentary if you need one. Talk to us about uh, what one will be helpful. I recommend uh, Spurgeon's work on this, A.W. Pink. Those are some of the guys that I'm using right now. Get yourself a good study Bible. Ask us questions if you need to. Um, but as always, our main desire is for you to go and know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord overall. And we will look forward to seeing you next time. Love you guys. See you.